Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What is good, everybody? Welcome to TGI Football here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we take any more steps forward that this show is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is TJF Football on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we have a variety of shows that you can listen to or watch throughout the week. If listening is more your thing, you can do so. Wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show, leave a rating, and write a review. If you want to watch, if you want to make us, um, I don't know if that's two-dimensional. Uh, either way, you can do so on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. I say us. My name is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation is absent, but Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride. You're doing the work of two human beings today, Steven. So how does that make you feel? Um, It's fine. Uh, I'm good. I got a lot of sleep last night, so I, I'm locked in and ready to roll for week eight action across the league. Uh, what is the last non-football thing you watched before we begin? Because we have a lot of football to talk about, um, as you mentioned. Um... What did I? I watched a movie last night. What a shocker! Steven Serta watched a movie uh, before I went to bed. What did I watch last night? Oh, it was Cabin in the Woods. I don't know. If oh, that's a the Joss Whedon movie. Yeah. Um. So I I love that movie, and it's like Halloween time. So I feel Good. like it's yeah. a perfect like Halloween type of movie. Um, I don't think this will be a shock. I'm not a scary movie person. I don't enjoy them. Um, like hand up, I'm a coward. Like whatever, I'm totally fine with this um i don't mind a thriller every now and then like the first couple saws were a little in like you know it's like when you're in high school and you go with everybody and everybody's screaming in the movie theater like i'm okay with that vibe again if it's like around halloween it's a lot of fun um this was not your prototypical i guess it kind of was um but you know it was a really cool scary movie so i really liked it um along these lines i was very very late to watching the movie seven i have a feeling that that's like one of your favorite films of all time (laughs) It's very good. It's funny that you mentioned that because David Fincher's latest movie, The Killer, actually comes out this weekend on a limited release. I have to drive. I'm going to try to go see it on Saturday. I have to drive 30 minutes to go see it because it's a limited release Netflix movie. And the only place they're showing in Kansas City is really far away. I don't think anyone's going to feel bad for you driving 30 minutes. It's not that far. Um, <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of hard to go see a movie. Like, no, it's yeah. not. Like you listen, you throw on well, TGI football, you listen to a podcast, you know, half of it there, half of it on the way back. I mean, there's also a movie theater like right across the street from where I live. So I usually walk to the movie theater. So it seems really far for me to have to drive 30 minutes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody feels bad for you. Uh, it is our final show before Halloween. Um, so 
yeah, everybody watch Cabin in the Woods this weekend, I think, is is the play. Um, Rachelle told us, by the way, um, what her favorite Halloween movie was. I forget exactly what it was. But like, I said, I don't really like Halloween movies. Like, it's just, you know, I can't really think of. But along the, those lines, our final tangent before we get into the football, is there a Thanksgiving movie? Because I can only think of one. Can you think of, like, a Thanksgiving movie where, you know, the plot kind of revolves around that? I don't know. I'm, I don't have anything off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a million Christmas movies, but the only one I could think of um, is Scent of a Woman. And it's really only because, like, it happens around Thanksgiving, and, and one of the scenes is at Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to think of it. I, I feel like there's got to be something that will pop in my mind as the show goes on. Uh, well, you mentioned our show. Uh, we are going to review Thursday Night Football. The Buffalo Bills got the 24-18 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We will preview all of the Sunday games to come. We will also offer our Pick 3 segment, which is brought to you by DraftKings as well. Uh, Steven, did you know that there are no teams on bye this week? Yeah, I don't really understand what's going on with right. that. Um, especially th- kind of this late into the season, uh, like for this show specifically, where we go through every single game, you kind of get you know, a little reprieve once right. the bye weeks start. And this isn't the way that it normally is. I don't understand why there's no teams on bye this week. It doesn't make any sense. I guess this is like a 17-game a schedule thing, maybe. I, I don't really know. It's stupid. I don't know why the NFL decided to do this. Yeah, it's strange that you would have, what, uh, four or five weeks in a row where everybody had a buy, or three weeks. There have been buys for three weeks in a row. Last week was buy-mageddon um, in fantasy football circles. Uh, but so, every, you know, there have been buys happening all over the place for the last three weeks. There will be buys happening all over the place for the next three weeks as well. And then we reach um, the week of Thanksgiving and there are no buys once again. And then there are still buys after. So why are these, there are these like, you know, quarter polls or whatever between the buys? I have no idea. But um, Thursday Night Football offers a mini buy, which the Buffalo Bills and Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now on. Uh, we mentioned it, Stephen, the Bills surviving 24 to 18, the final score. They did not cover the Bills. They were coming off of that rough loss on Sunday, the New England Patriots. This was, I guess, maybe what the doctor ordered for Bills fans, like get back at it quick, get a nice win. I don't know that it was a nice win. I mean, you're not going to apologize or feel bad for it. But like this, there were still the same kind of offensive sputtering issues for Buffalo, even in the win. Yeah, I, I do think it was a nice win, though, in the fact that their offense kind of showed some versatility, I think, for the first time in a while, where it's like we've talked about it a little bit on this show where Buffalo is way too Josh Allen, just go make plays at times, just feed Stefan Diggs, get get Diggs involved because they don't have a lot of other playmakers that you want to rely on on a weekly basis. And like. Gabriel Davis has actually had a pretty strong year so far this season. And I know Dawson Knox gets injured. Dalton Kincaid steps in, has a monster game last night. And I felt like for the first time in a while, the Bills were actually trying to uh, take a different approach where it's not not just feed digs, where it was actually like, let's funnel to some of these other guys that they're not keying in on as much as Stefan Diggs. And it worked out, but then they still did the typical Bills thing, which it's like, they're up by multiple scores late in the game. And it's like, they could put this thing away and then they don't. And the bucks get a chance this score late in the fourth quarter and, you know, have an opportunity there at the end, even though that was, I don't understand how nobody got a hand on that ball on that hail Mary, by the way, like it, it just, it looks like a punt. Like it, it just <laughs> hit, it just hit the end zone. Um, it is a rare thing. Um, I would challenge anyone to find a hail Mary to your point. That just is completely not touched before it hits the ground. Like there's, you know, um, 
and the camera angle always kind of fools you. It makes you think it's possible. Uh, it was a very, very strange um, play in that sense. I guess I'm with you. I mean, it was a more impressive win than usual for Buffalo, but that's really still not saying like I, my needle isn't moved. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I remain uninspired by the bills. Like, okay, cool. Like you went in and played somewhat nicely. You had some pass catchers who were a bigger factor that weren't Stefan Diggs. You mentioned Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir actually led the team in receiving and had the 30 yard reception, which kind of inflated things. Um, and that was nice. And obviously Dawson Knox being out is tough, but Dalton Kincaid did step up, but it just, it feels so harder than it has to be for the bills. Like it, it feels like they just want to make things difficult. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not willing to bet on this team long-term. I mean, you can't even bet on them now. Like I said, they didn't even cover in this game and they beat a, a bad Bucks team. Like, this this is who we expected the Bucks to be. I know they got off to the cute little start, and that was kind of fun. And we still can't write them off in the NFC South because I mean, it's the NFC South. Um, but like, and Chris Godwin had one of the coolest catches of the year on his touchdown. It was you know impressive. But like, man, this Bucks team is just depressing. Like, I I don't enjoy why they make me like football less. It's the the Bucks definitely need to commit to a rebuild here at some point because they're competitive right now, but they're not a team that's going in. Right. And I don't, I don't think anybody believes that about them. They're they're competitive because they still have talented players that are left over from those Super Bowl caliber teams. And they're not really going anywhere with Baker Mayfield, which was evident last night when you go up against a talented team in the Buffalo Bills. But I'm still with you on the bills right now. Like I'm still not sold, but this is a game you absolutely couldn't lose after losing to the Patriots last week. So they took care of business. They still had their issues, but overall I think it was a big bounce back game for Josh Allen. The bills we will see next. Um, that was a weird way to make that sense. This was also <laughs> a weird way to, <laughs> to speak. Um, the bills next week play the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that game is in Cincinnati. Um, so obviously it will be an emotional thing. What with them returning to Cincinnati uh, for the first time since the DeMar Hamlin uh, scare last year. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers, we will not see again until they host the Texans next week, which isn't, you know, I don't know what the early line is on that game, but I have to imagine that Houston would be favored at least by one. I mean, I just, the Bucks make me sad, dude. Like, there's nothing. What What is fun about them? Like, right now, you can have anything on. Like, is there a, a fantasy piece of the Bucks that you want at all? I, I mean, I guess it's Mike Evans, and that's it. And, you know, he got the touchdown last night, mm -hmm. but he didn't have a good game. Chris Godwin's been okay. Um, I just, they're, they're a team that is just kind of hanging out right now. And I don't really understand why they haven't committed to a rebuild just yet. I understand, like, Sometimes it's hard for GMs and coaches to commit to that. And Todd Bowles is like, well, I want to win. I want to be competitive. And it's like, yeah, but you guys aren't good enough to go anywhere. And you have to take a step back and acknowledge that at some point. So I, I don't I, I, I feel like they should trade Mike Evans, but it doesn't seem like they're going to. Yeah, I mean, you've got a few, day, a few days bucks to kind of have a, a long, hard look in the mirror like they didn't want to pay him. That was the big old thing, obviously, at the beginning of the season. So. You might as well. Like, if you're going to start the, the rebuild, do it now. You're the Titans of the NFC at this point. Um, so congratulations to the Bills. Congratulations to our friends at Buffs Rumblings. Um, they've had a, a tough week, and it feels a little bit better now. It's always nice to get that win on Thursday night. Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, Steven, that takes us to our pick three segment, which is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, once again, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL. 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, Stephen, our same game parlay almost happened last week for the very first time in the history of our Friday show here on the SB Nation NFL show. You and I uh, were very responsible. We were very methodical. Both of our legs hit, and VLG took the under on Najee Harris rushing yards at 51 and a half. Najee finished with 53 rushing yards. We were <laughs> so close to finally pulling this off. Um, now, BLG and I set that same game parlay on the show last week when you weren't here. So maybe we'll have a similar bit of luck. Like maybe it requires one of us to not be here. Brandon is technically not here today. He did give us his information nonetheless. Um, you chose this week's game. So if we fail, you got us here. Uh, so so uh, just everyone. Yeah. This is on you, Stephen. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are visiting the Arizona Cardinals in the Hollywood Brown Bowl. Uh, like I said, BLG submitted his leg. He has chosen the Baltimore Ravens on the race to 10 points at minus 270, the most lockable level of our parlay. Uh, Stephen, what are you going with and why? So I chose Zay Flowers, 60-plus alternate receiving yards at plus 100. Uh Zay Flowers is, I think, getting some acknowledgement, but maybe not getting hyped enough just uh, about how good he's looked as a rookie wide receiver. And and we know the Ravens offense really blew up last week against a good Lions team and just like absolutely decimated them. But Zay Flowers has kind of been flying under the radar a little bit because it's not like he's having these monster games, but it's just been consistent. Like he's been over 50 receiving yards in all but one game this season. And I really like the way they're deploying him now. And the Ravens are starting to actually like push the ball downfield a little bit more that I think that's been the biggest issue with Zay flowers so far this season is that everything's kind of around the line of scrimmage. Like they're trying to get him in space because he's just this twitchy wide receiver, but he can make some plays downfield and Lamar is really coming on. They're figuring things out offensively. Their defense is playing lights out. I just feel pretty confident that in this matchup against an Arizona Cardinals secondary that it has been torched by wide receivers this season, that Zay Flowers is a pretty safe bet to get at least 60 receiving yards on Sunday. I think that's fair. I think that's logical. Um, if it weren't for CJ Stroud, I think Zay Flowers would be a lock for offensive rookie of the year. But you're right. Um, not getting like everybody was rightfully, you know, celebrating last week when Jacqueline Smith and Jigba had his first touchdown. But it's like, hey, you know, this is kind of happening on a weekly, maybe not the touchdowns, but you know what I mean? Like this level of phenomenon is happening on a weekly basis with Zay Flowers. So everybody give him his, I, I wonder if, um, if our friends at Baltimore beat down and made that joke a lot, um, like give him his flowers. You know what I mean? But um, I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure they have. Um, so Lamar Jackson has really progressed as an NFL quarterback, not just from last year to this year. Uh, you and I have long been Lamar fans, unlike the other uh, normal mainstay on this show. Um, and we have seen Lamar develop um and reduce his ability to bail out and run which we obviously know he can do at a high and proficient level uh there was the great play last week where he kind of danced around in the pocket waited 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 and still threw a touchdown so i'm leaning on the arm of lamar jackson this week instead of the legs over one and a half passing touchdowns two passing touchdowns for lamar jackson that's all we're asking one of them can be to zay flowers on a 60 you know yard reception and then we kind of hit um and if justin tucker has already booted a field goal then we all hit right away uh, so as BLG likes to say, these all kind of lend toward one another. Plus 105 for Lamar Jackson just to hit two passing touchdowns. I feel very confident in this, Stephen. Um, if it were three, I'd feel a little bit more touch and go because I could see the Ravens kind of getting out to an early lead. Um, this is obviously uh, not too talented Cardinals team, um, but this feels good. This feels like the week. I mean, I know we've said that for like, I don't know, like 65 weeks in a row, but this feels like the week. I will say Lamar's only got three games this season uh, with two or more touchdown passes, but 
this matchup with the Arizona Cardinals is that good. Like that, this is the game where he we saw him explode against a much better Detroit Lions team last week, and I feel like they'll just keep it moving uh, against the Arizona Cardinals because that secondary has been torched this season. Mm. Well said. Our total line on our same game parlay is plus 345. So go to DraftKings Sportsbook, use code SBNFL. You can make this bet. Hopefully you win. Um, and if we do, then Steven, you and I can forever say that it just took getting Brandon off uh, to finally get the good vibes um, here throughout everything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, okay, so we are going to discuss all of the Week 8 Sunday games. We'll offer a sentence preview on Monday Night Football as well. Uh, a reminder on two important rules. We will each have a lock of the week. Both you and Brandon hit last week, Stephen. You were both 6-1 and one this season on locks. I am a, a measly 3-4. and four. Um, And you and I each have the right to zap one another, which means... You know, don't want to hear what you're saying about this game. You just have to offer one sentence and that's it. Um, Steven, because I love you and care for you greatly, I'm going to let you have Brandon's zap. Um, but you can use Brandon's zap on me or yourself, but you can only use your zap on me. Sometimes you like to zap yourself with your zap. So you have, you know, one and a half zaps in that sense. You can do whatever you want, you know, make whatever combination you'd like. Um, that's up to you. Uh, we start with the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Washington Commanders. This is actually Brandon's lock of the week he hasn't responded in our slack group but he locked them when philly was favored by six and a half that has grown to seven so we're going to hold him to that mark uh but i don't think they really care um the eagles almost lost to the commanders a couple of weeks ago Stephen, this is a tough situation i know the eagles had a, an impressive win last week on sunday night football against the dolphins um but the commanders have been really bad basically ever since ron Rivera played for overtime it's th that was a weird matchup, but I feel like the Eagles have these games against the commanders every year. It's just NFC East divisional, like just one of those weird things that we see in these divisional matchups. But I think based off of the Eagles performance last week, and I think it was their best all around performance of the season. Like I just assume that BLG is pretty safe here with his lock this week. Uh, I, I think the Eagles are playing really well. I know Hertz is banged up, but he said this week that it's not affecting him and he's going to be fine. And Sam Howell is just taking more sacks than any other quarterback in the NFL. And it's not even close. So I expect the Eagles defensive line to just totally decimate that offensive line for the commanders and just give Sam Howell all kinds of problems. I Expect another huge game from A.J. Brown, and maybe they'll get Devontae Smith going this week. We'll see. But I just think it's an e easy Eagles win, especially with how they're playing right now. I do think the Sam Howell factor is really important um, just because he likes to take sacks. The Eagles like to get sacks. Like this, this, yeah, this, this is really um, bodes not well for the commanders. Um, and I mean... I would maybe be willing to talk myself into them covering based on how tightly they played the Eagles if they hadn't lost in super unimpressive fashion last week to the Giants. Like, if you only score seven points against the Giants, like, what's 
what leads us to believe you're able to do anything, you know, of substance against a significantly better Eagles team. So um, clean sweep across the board. We're all taking Philly. I guess we're all laying the points. Uh, Steven, the New England Patriots coming off of that win last week against the Bills that we talked about. They are headed down to Miami, their own house of horrors. I wonder if that joke will be made, by the way, like with Halloween <laughs> coming up. Uh, the Dolphins laying nine and a half points at home, despite coming off of that performance that we just talked about against the Eagles last week on Sunday Night Football. I don't think anything about the Patriots win from last week is going to carry <laughs> over to this game. Um, yeah, the Dolphins, I know they're banged up right now. And Except for Jalen Ramsey, although he kind of disputed that a little bit. Like he might yeah. play, might not. That's kind of a weird factor. Yeah, Adam Schefter reported that he was expected to be a go this week and Jalen Ramsey immediately was just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to play this week. This, is, this isn't right. This is bogus. So... We'll see if Jalen Ramsey is up this week and Tyree kill was banged up this week, but he returned to practice that he'd be good to go. So we'll see what happens, but it just feels like a big bounce back game for the dolphins where they're just going to, they're just going to come out swinging and the Patriots defense has been really up and down. Like you get games like that against the bills sometimes, but then they're really injured right now and Belichick can only do so much. I just don't think they're going to be able to do anything with Miami speed. I think, I think the Dolphins easily cover, and I think that they beat the Patriots by multiple scores. Yeah, I think they do. Um, I think this is is a very comfortable win for them. Like maybe it's like over in the early second quarter, something like that. And the chatter all week long, especially leading up to the is it Germany game against the Chiefs? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, do you know any German, by the way? I don't know any German. Uh, we will have uh, people from the Arrowhead Pred team will be in Germany, in Frankfurt for this game, though. Right on. Uh, ich liebe, I believe, is uh, I love you. So just work that in. You know what I mean? Across Arrowhead <laughs> Pred next week. I, I'm like, there's some, there's like an extra word there that I'm forgetting. Why but, do you um, know that? Uh, I had a friend who uh, had who had lived in Germany for some time. And so uh, she had taught me like some basic, I mean, I say some, it was literally that phrase. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like there were like six or seven phrases. Uh, but th I think there was like another word that like connects them. But people will understand that you drop an itch, Liba, uh, people know what you're saying. Um, but um, because of that game that's looming and because of the like, if if you, the loyal listener, think that the London games gets a lot of attention, this game's going to get blown up in your face. Like you are going to get Dolphins, Chiefs in Germany all throughout next week because the NFL wants another market. And because they're sending Patrick Mahomes and Mike McDaniel and all these, you know, fun, quirky characters to Germany, et cetera, et cetera. Like you are going to get beat over the head with Chiefs Dolphins in Germany next week. And so the Dolphins, Stephen, as you all know, are facing this like reputation of, you know, handling the easy teams and struggling against the top dogs. And the Chiefs are the toppest and doggiest of top dogs. Um, so I could kind of see a little bit of looking ahead um, in this game, but I, I think that they, they win comfortably and it just sets up that narrative all week long that all they do is beat the bad teams and you know can they really take down the chiefs and blah 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 um so yeah and you know what i'm gonna go on record steven i'm gonna lock up the chiefs next week i'm getting on that right now i don't even know what the line is but i'm taking it i'm locking up the chiefs next week because i i believe in them yeah thank you to me all right that's it thank you to myself uh that's some <laughs> quinn and williams stuff uh right there but i'm taking the dolphins here too uh the new york jets are visiting the new york giants um in metlife I saw on Reddit, did you know that they have their own locker rooms um, in the building? The Jets have their own locker room? And the yeah, like, they, like so it's not like, oh, they got to go to the visitor locker room this week yeah. or whatever. And I believe there are two, I could be wrong, someone can correct me. I believe there are two visitors locker rooms. 
um, because these home locker rooms are on opposite sides of the stadium. Yeah. So you, you need, you know, for different home games, whatever. Um, so it's a, a road game for the Jets, although obviously at MetLife. Um, but the Giants are the home team. They are laying two and a half points. Have you seen the Zach Wilson discourse lately? No. I, there's Zach Wilson discourse ahead of this game. Um, it's from the New York market. Um, I'm, I saw a tweet about this, so I haven't like read anything. So that's my bad, but I mean, I had a busy Friday, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, um, one of the WFAN hosts, I believe was upset that Zach Wilson spent the bye week on a big, I guess, vacationing or going home or whatever to Utah with his significant other, um, as opposed to preparing for the upcoming stretch of games. So Zach Wilson's taken heat from the local market. Um, it's really Every NFL player goes <laughs> now for the bye week. Um, yeah, there was a lot of people coming to his defense, obviously. Or actually, I should say there were only people coming to his defense. Like there was nobody that was like, <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, this is a good take or whatever. Um, on the other side of things, Stephen, Daniel Jones was ruled out about 15 minutes ago for you and I in real time. Not that that's surprising, but just so you know, this is Gerard Taylor. That might affect the line, but right when we listed it, it was Giants. Um, it's two and a half point dogs. I'm zapping myself. Jets win. Their defense is going to be a problem for the Giants. So that was Brandon Zap, uh, just to be clear. Um, I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Um, I made the joke to Brandon somewhere. I think it was last week on the show. I really hope that the Jet Life thing isn't said, even though Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Just because, I mean, how long has this building been in existence? Like, you know. <laughs> It, like, I really wonder if Aaron Rodgers thought it was, like, creative when he came up with Jet Life. It's like, dude, that's been said before. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I'm saying. So, um, but yeah, I'll take the Jets. The Los Angeles Rams, Stephen, are visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys' first game at noon this season, which, as you know, is a great treat for me. Uh, Cowboys laying six points at home. It's their first game at home in a long time. Uh, since before that 49ers debacle, just because of back-to-back road games and the bye. Uh, DeMarcus Ware is getting enshrined in the Ring of Honor at halftime, if you're curious. Um, but the Rams coming off of ruining our same game parlay last week. So what do you like? It feels like the Rams are better, like or at least like everybody would make you believe the Rams are better than they actually are. Like they're a three and four team right now. And I think it's because Matthew Stafford's having this big bounce back year where he looks really, really good. Puka Nakua is one of the coolest storylines in the NFL, and he's been an absolute baller. And now they've got Cooper cut back and they're just generally like a fun team to watch. I've really enjoyed the Rams. I also have Puka Nakua in multiple fantasy leagues, so I'm really rooting for him. Um, But I think at the end of the day, Dallas, despite their struggles, like their defense is just going to be too big of a problem for the Rams. Uh, You know, even losing... Uh, Trayvon Diggs is obviously a huge blow to the secondary, but the the uh, Cowboys secondary has still been pretty good. Like they've like Stefan Gilmore has still been really good. Deron, uh, Deron Bland has been really good. Like I, I think there's there's reason to assume that the Cowboys are just a better team and and the Rams offensive line hasn't been particularly good. I think that's the biggest thing holding the Rams back right now from being a more competitive team and kind of reflecting their record, reflecting what we see on field every week. So I just think that the Cowboys pass rush and they're coming off a bye, they're well-rested. Like, I just think they're going to be all over the Rams. So I'll take the Cowboys and the points. Mike McCarthy, generally a pretty successful coach coming off the bye. Not Andy Reid, um, but, you know, someone who you can trust. Um, this is a an interesting spot for the Cowboys. Um, 
this is I wouldn't say it's a show us who you are game, but this is a show us you're not who we think you are game. You know what I mean? Don't come out and be flat. Don't come out and not get it done on offense. Get a nice, solid, methodical win. Uh, the Cowboys visit Philadelphia next week. So don't get caught looking ahead the way you were with San Francisco, blah, blah, blah. This should be easy. Six points is a little bit more than I feel comfortable laying. Um, I think I'm going to take the Rams to cover. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win, but Rams to cover. So I'm kind of emotionally hedging there um, just because, and maybe it's like a backdoor cover, uh, but Puka Naku is so difficult to slow down. Nobody's been able to do it. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Stephen, coming off of their Thursday night football win last week are headed to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. This is the last game for the Jaguars before the bye. They are laying two and a half points, not at Heinz Field. I forgot what it's called now. Um, but uh, it, it will always be Heinz Field. Is it Acrisure? Is it oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, what do people um, n- like disrespect more by not saying uh, Acrisure or GEHA Field? Um, I feel like it's, I guess it's Acrisure. Um, I mean, yeah, but what the funny part about that is like people, perp- like people just say Arrowhead and that's like, that's just a cool, like the name, like a cool name that people like. Heinz gets like free publicity, you know what I mean? <laughs> For people like calling it Heinz Field. Um, so whatever, uh, but either way, um, I like the Jaguars in this game. I don't, I can't see how anyone could like the Steelers, even though they won last week. Just it's gross, dude. Like I'm, I'm really sad that they are not taking off the way we all thought that they would. I mean, and maybe they'll finish above 500. Like I'm not ready to write off that prospect, but they are just, they're not dependable in any way, shape or form offensively. Yeah, and this is actually my lock of the week. Um, I think Jacksonville's playing really well right now, and their defense probably isn't getting enough credit for how well it's playing. Like their pass rush is finally coming on, and Josh Allen's been really good this season. Um, and, and I think the offense is starting to figure some things out. I know Calvin Ridley's been a little bit of a letdown, but this is actually a great matchup for Calvin Ridley to bounce back. It's a great matchup for Christian Kirk. Like, I just think that Trevor's going to have a big day here, and I'm with you on the Steelers. I am not buying into that 4-2 and two record whatsoever. <laughs> Their offense still looks terrible on a weekly basis. Like I know George Pickens has had some nice games, and Kenny Pickett has looked a little bit more functional, but at the end of the day, you cannot rely on them to score points. Like, you cannot rely on them offensively in any way. And defensively, TJ Watts playing out of his mind right now, but the Steelers secondary has not been good this season. So I I just think that Trevor's going to have a big day, and I think that Jacksonville easily covers that two and a half points. I feel like the line should be higher, honestly. I'm getting ready to, like, be more in on the Jaguars. Like, it took me a little bit longer than most to come around on the Lions. Um, I'm kind of there. You get this win. You know, all of a sudden, you're really cooking with gas. And then out of the bye, they get the Niners. So, I mean, getting the bye to prep for the Niners, and obviously the status of San Francisco is interesting in and of itself. But, I mean, like, would you be shocked if they won this game and they went on bye and came back and beat the Niners in Duval? No, not at all. I, I think Doug Peterson is that good of a coach. And I think that Jacksonville is playing that well right now. I think that we oftentimes do not revisit um, sliding door moment. I've never understood that expression, by the way. Like, I know what it means, but like, I don't understand where the expression comes from. Like I understand butterfly effects, but I don't understand sliding doors and how that translates into what the, the expression means, but neither here nor there. Um, but the, it was a win, a meaningless win in 2020 against the LA Rams that costed the Jets Trevor Lawrence. We don't talk about that. 
You know what I mean? Like think think about like the the way we just spoke about the Jaguars. Like that could have been the Jets. You know what I mean? If not for like, do, do you think they're happy three years later that they beat the Rams in that silly little game? No, I think that most Jets fans would probably never bring bring that up again. <laughs> never talk about it whatsoever. But like that's an important that's a, a like landmark moment in NFL history. But like that that moment saved the Jaguars. That win, Trevor, by the way, ever with Garrett Wilson and that defense. Whew. That was their first win of the season, and then they won a second game the week later. They they beat the Rams twenty three to twenty. Why was it worth it? Like what, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't worth it. That's so stupid. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, speaking of beating the Niners, that's what the Minnesota Vikings did on Monday Night Football. They will be visiting the Green Bay Packers, Stephen, on Sunday. Uh, Minnesota laying one and a half points at Lambeau Field. You just locked up your game. By the way, you didn't tell us your lock before the show started. So that was a bit of a surprise to me. So that's kind of cool. Uh, but oh, I did. I I said it <laughs> yesterday in the chat. Oh, okay, my bad. I didn't go back that far when I was filling out the doc. Uh, anyway, I am locking up the Minnesota Vikings. I'm back like i know that i um you know i had a moment of disappointment with the vikings and i'm not like all the way back but monday night was such a like night of validation for me you know what i mean for somebody who's believed <laughs> in the vikings who's believed in kurt cousin specifically did you see anybody like hyping up his performance in prime time i know people were like oh it's a cool game from kirk if, if he had lost that game even against the mighty 49ers he would have gotten roasted he would have gotten destroyed yeah. Um, and so while I am back on the Vikings a little bit, this really has more to do with the Packers. Like they're so bad too. like Jordan Love. I mean, this is, you know, nobody feels bad for them the way nobody feels bad for the Patriots. Cause it's like, Oh, wait a minute, Green Bay. You don't have a hall of fame quarterback. Wow. Wonder, you know, this is how the other half lives. Um, the Vikings are just a way more talented team and a way better offense, even without Justin Jefferson right now, Jordan Addison, by the way, also a contender for offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, I was hyping up Kirk on my couch while I was watching that football game. Uh, Jordan Addison, that touchdown pass just before the half against San Francisco, just yanking that ball away from Trevorius Ward after he had gotten a pick that way earlier in the game was amazing. Just incredible football play. Um, no, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I'm in on the Vikings, and it's really it's I understand Justin Jefferson's not there right now, but they're still functional enough offensively that I think you can feel confident in that performance that they just put on paper against the 49ers and going against this Packers team, which their defense hasn't been particularly great this season. Like their pass rush has been pretty good. Secondary's been a little bit up and down. Uh, Darnell Savage, I think, just went to IR this week. So that's an injury that could impact their secondary a little bit. And the Vikings just had a brutal schedule to start the season. Like the, it, it's starting to open up. And once they get Justin Jefferson back in the mix, like this is the part of the schedule where they got to win games. They can't be playing around anymore and coming off the huge win. I, I think this is a, a Vikings win. I, I think they cover here. I'd expect uh, another big opportunity for Jordan Addison to look good. And the Vikings defense after starting the season really rough and looking exactly like the awful defense from last season, has actually kind of turned things around and looked pretty good the last few weeks. So uh, I think this is going to be a tough game for the Packers and, and another tough showing for Jordan Love, who showed a little bit of promise early in the season and since then has been kind of brutal to watch. Oh, uh, dude. I mean, nothing about Jordan Love is enjoyable whatsoever. And if Brian Flores can stymie Kyle Shanahan and, you know, Brock Purdy, I mean, what can he do to Jordan Love? You know, and like to your point, like Brian Flores deserves a lot of credit for the, you know, I wouldn't even say mid season, but like 
early season turnaround. You're right. It's oh, cool. You know, it was tough scene, you know, against some of the better offenses in the NFL, but they've really stabilized. And to your point, so we both have them getting to 500 this week. That would be four and four, obviously, at this point. After this, they have, uh, where is it here? They have four games remaining before the bye. So you tell me Vikings win or loss at Atlanta. Win. New Orleans. Win. At Denver on Sunday Night Football. Easy win. And then Chicago on Monday Night Football. I think that's a win, too. I'm saying they lose one, though. You know what I mean? Like, just to be yeah. conservative. Yeah. Like, they get to the bye at, what, seven and uh, five? You know what I'm saying yeah. like that would that you take that all day long given the start they had. I mean, it was rough and they almost beat the Chargers. Like, you know, I know that that's who they are, but like it, it's fair. Like they're a playoff team. I, I'm very, very firm in that. I picked them to win the NFC North. I don't know that that's going to pan out, but I mean, some of that rests on the hands of the Lions, but we'll see. Uh, speaking of things that aren't getting properly hyped or accredited, can, it's I feel like normally and I know it doesn't happen all the time, but when the first and second overall picks face off as rookies, it is like a big deal. But I haven't seen any like kind of graphic or anything anywhere on TV or social media about uh, CJ Stroud's Texans visiting Bryce Young's Panthers. Maybe that's because the Panthers stink. Uh, but the Texans are laying three and a half points in Charlotte this weekend, Stephen. I think part of it is because it's the Texans and Panthers. Mm. Like there's there, I, I think there's probably. Like CJ Stroud's been getting a lot of hype because he's obviously been awesome and D'Amico Ryan's doing an incredible job. But I feel like those are two teams that just don't get talked about that much in general. Um, but it's also coming off of a bye too. And like some of the steam, you lose some of the steam when you go into a bye and then you come back because the NFL is always based off like what you did for me, right? Like, uh, like five seconds ago. Yeah. Early. Yeah. Earliest thing I can remember. Um, so the Panthers are bad. Um, they're really bad. <laughs> They're, they're only win this team in the NFL. Yeah, they're going to be in play for the number one overall pick. Uh, it hasn't been great for Bryce Young. I, I think some of the criticism of him is unfair, uh, just based on what the Panthers have put around him this season and and kind of what they're giving him. Uh, like there was the report that they're in the market for a number one wide receiver. And it's like <laughs> you had DJ Moore and you traded him and. Also, you don't have a win. Like, why would you be in the market for a number one wide receiver? You should be. <laughs> and I, I guess it's like, yeah, we want to be competitive and we don't want to have the number one overall pick because it's not our pick because of the trade that we made for Bryce Young. Uh, but it, it's just not good for the Panthers right now. And defensively, they were kind of showing a, a little bit of pop early in the season, but their defense has kind of fallen apart due to injuries. They can't get after the passer and, Houston coming off of a bye. They're well-rested. I think Tank Dell's going to be back after missing a game prior to their bye week. And Nico Collins has been a baller. It's We we should be talking about the Texans uh, a lot more than we are. And I think some of that is coming off of a bye because you didn't have to think about them last week. But they've been tremendous this season. And he, D'Amico Ryans is doing an incredible job. CJ Stroud's been amazing. I, I think the Texans win pretty easily here. So the Texans are 3-3 three and three at the moment. Um, I don't know the last time I'm trying to look it up right now, but that they were above 500, um, certainly this late in the season. Um, it's probably not, like 2019. Um, I'm looking, I'm, if you can buy me a second, I'm trying to find it. Uh, they were four and three on October 20th. I'm sorry. They were four and two. That was the, or three and two, I guess would be the earliest point. Um, on October 6th, 2019, they beat the Falcons to get to three and two. And then, you know, they ultimately wound up as a playoff team that year. 
uh, in 2019. So it's been a it's been a minute. I mean, basically, uh, and that was the um, that was the 24 to six lead that they blew, obviously in the divisional round. Um, but that it was 24 to six, right? Am I misremembering the score? Yeah, I think it was that. Okay, um, so it was in that ballpark. In that range. Still, I mean, like the Texans, we all made fun of them with the Davis Mills game winning touchdown last year. And Lovey Smith and you know Bears fans were like all pumped about it, but like it, everything kind of worked out for them. Like they were due for some real good luck. Like they won the game, they got the good vibes, they got the better quarterback, they still made the trade. And like, do you think they're concerned that their first round draft pick next year belongs to the Cardinals? No, because like are they're I think they could be a playoff team. Like uh, are, are well, the Texans. Will Anderson's been incredible. This yeah, season. like like but even then, like even if he weren't, like they're having enough team success to where they're not worried about that the way the Panthers are, like you said, you know, and their pick belonging to Chicago, but like. Are the Texans a playoff team? Are they a wildcard team? I don't think I'm there with them yet, but mm. they're interesting. It would be fun if they got there. I think they will. Um, but either way, I think we're both willing to take Houston here. Three, I like. Th- I didn't want to lock them up because I've given the Texans a lot of love, and I kind of wanted to spread it, so I went back to the Vikings, where you know those are my two teams. Um, <laughs> but like three and a half feels really generous. Um, I don't know if you agree. Yeah, and the Panthers run defense also one of the worst in football. So it should be a big bounce back game for Damian Pierce. Uh, the New Orleans Saints are visiting the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday, Stephen. Uh, the Colts played pretty well last week, obviously. Certainly you can make an argument that they should have beat the Browns. I know that Jim Ursay did do that. Um, this is, I think we should debut uh, something. Um, we'll have to get Brandon's. We don't have to get a seal of approval. but So a new thing here on TJ Football, the most disrespectful line. Um, and I don't mean necessarily disrespectful in that, like, how dare you do this? But like, I just think it's, it's just a state of who the saints are. How are they only one point favorites in this game? Like, th- this is really sad about who the saints are to me, like that. They're only one point. Favorite. I know they're on the road, but like, it, we both thought they'd win like 12 games this year. I mean, they have been such a disappointment. Yeah. I think it's more disrespectful to the performance that the Colts put out there last week. Wow. Okay. New so Orleans it's, is I like the tentacles on, to the disrespect. Okay. Keep going. Um, Cause I, I mean, what the Colts did last week offensively against the Browns is ridiculous. And it's like, I don't know what the hell that was. I, I don't really know how to explain all of that because Cleveland's defense had been just dominating absolutely everyone that they had played this season. Um, and then they get Gardner Minshew and the Colts. <laughs> they they drop like 35 plus points. Um, I'm going to take the Colts here uh, after last week's brutal loss to the Browns where they put up all those points and, and it just kind of slipped away at the end. I don't buy into the Saints at all right now. Derek Carr has been awful. Like, I understand he suffered the shoulder injury, so maybe that's impacting things. But, like, they're not pushing the ball down the field, and I know he had a late uh, touchdown drive last week where he hit Michael Thomas. That was a nice drive, whatever, at the end of the game. But everything is a check down to Alvin Kamara right now for them offensively. Like, Alvin Kamara is just getting 14 targets a game and, like, 11 catches for 34 yards because everything's around the line of scrimmage. Because it seems like Derek Carr is afraid to take a hit. If he, it feels like he's afraid to get get that shoulder more injured, and he's afraid to push the ball down the field. He hasn't been an accurate passer this season. Like it, it's just uh, the Saints. Like we talked about the Bucks, and maybe this is just a product of that division or something where it's so bad that they're like, we can be competitive still. We can ma- we can make a run, and so they continue to convince themselves that they've got the pieces in place to to do this every year. But the Saints keep just 
retread, 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 run it back, run it back, run it back. We have no money. We, we have no resources and they're not going anywhere. And it's frustrating to watch for a team that's got some young, talented players. Like you'd like to see them make some investment in the future and not waste a player like Chris Olave, who has been tremendous in his second year when Derek Carr can actually hit him down the field, but that's been really inconsistent. So I like the way the Colts are playing right now. I think the Colts defense has been playing a lot better than uh, how they started the year. And that's kind of flying under the radar here. So I'm going to take the Colts. Um, I'm buying into Gardner Minshew and what they did last week against the Browns. Um, So I I'm looking at my picks that I've made so far for the week everywhere. And I am with you. I couldn't remember because I, I can kind of talk myself into things one way or the other. Um, but I, it's just a lack of belief in the Saints for me. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not so much believing in Gardner Minshew as much as I'm believing in Shane Steichen. Um, yeah. I think that that That's has been what I should have said. Yeah, I mean, like, because we're start. It took a little while, and they they had to still kind of purge themselves of their like Colts mess, like with the early Jonathan Taylor stuff, and they played that well ultimately. But it it, it just lent to the to the meme of it all. Um, they're becoming functional. And I'm willing to give them a benefit of the doubt versus the Saints, who I'm not willing to give anything right now. And it's a bummer. Like, I would love for the Saints to be interesting, but they're just not. And I also think that the NFC South as a whole is just – it's not even disappointing. It's gross. And what's more is, like, I think they're all going to play themselves out of – I mean, obviously the Panthers are out of this. But, like, they're going to play themselves out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes or the Drake May. Like, if Caleb Williams and or Drake May – if one of them is not in the NFC South, it's a collective failure for football you know what i mean like that would be so unfortunate if we went the whole year in this like who are the quarterbacks going to be in this division next year is kirk cousins going to be in this division you know what i mean <laughs> like it's it's just really sad and gross and pathetic and uh bums me out there was a time where this division rocked in front in terms of quarterbacks drew Brees still getting it done matt ryan in his peak in his prime cam newton in his prime and when james uh, williams uh, or james winston goodness gracious uh was at least putting up numbers like it was fun and interesting i mean this is the exact opposite of that yeah it's the saints are really frustrating um i just don't understand what what they're trying to accomplish like Okay, I guess it's fun to just be kind of a competitive middle of the pack team that's going nowhere in the NFL. Like that's that's their game plan every year, basically. Let's move on. The Atlanta Falcons are visiting the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are two and a half point home underdogs. Steven, I'm gonna zap you just because this game is gross. Like it's, it has nothing to do with you. It's just I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to pick the Titans because I don't like Arthur Smith. He's really rubbing people the wrong way. I know that I zapped you, but um, he's really upsetting people with his like terse, short responses. The Bijan thing certainly didn't help. I wouldn't be shocked if we get like an overload of Bijan this week. Um, like like there, if there's some like overcorrection. I think I'm going to take the Titans. And I, I think... I did I don't forget know. that Ryan Tannehill's out this week before I said I, that. Well, I know, but I, I'm going to take the Titans because what I was going to say is like this is this is the like Derrick Henry showcase. You know what I mean? Like if somebody if somebody really does want to trade for him, they're going to give him the ball like 30 times. You know what I mean? And like you know, they're going to have to obviously because uh, this is the Will Levis debut. But um, yeah, um, I'll take the. I just don't feel good. At this I mean that's why I zapped you. We've already talked about this more than I wanted to. Um, the Cleveland Browns, Stephen, are visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, this week, uh, it appears I don't think Deshaun has been officially ruled out, or has he? I can't. I'm, it, this is such a mess of a story. 
Um, I, don't, I don't remember if he's been officially. Right. Actually, he was. He was, he was ruled okay. out on Thursday, uh, now that I think about it. But that's what this has been. Like, will he play? Won't he play? Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Like, there's all this discourse surrounding him. The line certainly uh, lends towards him not playing against Seattle, favored by three and a half, even though they're at home. And I don't know. I don't I don't know a Browns fan personally. I feel like you said at one point in time that you were a Browns fan. Is that am I making that up? Am I Mandela I, affecting I this? I was uh at, at one point for a couple of years there. I was yeah. uh, I am no longer a Browns fan. I do not root for them in any way. So I don't know how like Browns fans are reconciling this because there's obviously a lot of Browns fans who have not been comfortable with Deshaun Watson for very understandable and rightful reasons. Um, but so the, 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 that the team is finding ways to win without him is, I guess, inspiring. Um, if, if you want to look at it through that lens or through that prism. Um, so maybe that has, like, I do feel like some people who have said they didn't want to root for the Browns are at least thinking about it now. Um, I just don't know. Like, I, I have no... I have no real take on the Browns as a football team, man. I have no idea what to really make of them other than that their defense is amazing, but they did just surrender 30 points to the Colts that we just talked about. Well, and the whole they're winning games without him thing. Well, I mean, he was part of the reason that they were losing games. Right. <laughs> like, he, he was not good. He was not playing good football. And I, the shoulder injury, I do think, is affecting him. Like the interception that he threw last week, like it, it that just looks like a duck. Like, like, like it, it didn't have any velocity on it. So I do think there's, there is something to the shoulder injury, but even before the injury, he wasn't playing well. And the defense has been playing lights out all season. And if they got any type of consistent quarterback play, that defense would win them football games. If they could just get an above average quarterback. I don't think Deshaun Watson's been an above average quarterback mm-hmm. this season. And we certainly know that PJ Walker's not that, but the defense is good enough to win you football games as we've seen them do so far this season. Now this week against Seattle, I I think the Seahawks are a team that I'm still kind of trying to figure out like exactly what they are. They signed Frank Clark this week because uh, Nichenna and Wosu went to IR. He's going to be out for a while, but their defense is a lot better than I think I initially planned. Devon Witherspoon, obviously just playing like he's the defensive rookie of the year. Like he's been absolutely outstanding. And I think Seattle is a good team. I'm curious what they're going to be able to do against this Browns defense. I think ultimately uh, Seattle's defense is playing well enough that offensively the Browns probably aren't going to be able to get much going. So I think I'll take Seattle here, but I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about the Seahawks. Like I feel like they, they don't really have like a dominant win that I'm really looking for aside from like, you know, they dominated the Panthers who are the worst team in football and the Giants. Right. Yes. Right. They were also not good. Right. Um, I'm and even then, like, it felt like they should have dominated the Giants more. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. so I'm I'm with I would I want the Seahawks. I think we're trying to manifest this. I want them to be good. I want them to be great, but it's just there hasn't been enough for us to like really sink our teeth into. Um, so I'm with you. I'm gonna take the Seahawks, but this is by far the pick I'm the least comfortable with. Like, if I didn't have to pick this game, I wouldn't, you know, like if you only have to if you do a pool, you have to pick like 10 games or something like that. Like, I just wouldn't touch this one. Um, I did want to squeeze this in because I love stuff like this. Um, we are re- recording um and streaming, I guess, on uh Friday, October 27th. Are you, I guess maybe if any uh, person who creates football content is aware, it's probably you, but are you aware that Taylor Swift re-released her 1989 album today? Uh, I did know that. 
I have not listened to it. I don't really, honestly, I don't really know what that that is all about. Um, but I, I am aware that that's a thing that people are excited about. Today. It has to do with her, um, like establishing like the rights term. Like she didn't own the rights before, so now she yeah. owns the rights to the re-records, whatever. That's the TLDR. Um, but I love stuff like this. I do it all the time, and you know, as it relates to the Cowboys. But uh, so shout out to Ashley. I'm assuming it's Bastock. B A S T O C K. Is that how you would pronounce it? It might be Bastock. But are you going? How would you pronounce it? Baystock, I think. Yeah, okay. Ashley Baystock, who uh, covers the Browns for Cleveland.com. Um, she tweeted this out. I saw this. The Browns are five and seven in games following a Taylor Swift album release, which includes <laughs> the re-records. They haven't won following an album release since 2014 when they beat the Buccaneers 22 to 17. The album that that win followed the release of was 1989, which is the album that is re-releasing. So, yeah. Uh, that's a deep dive okay uh, maybe i need to rethink how i feel about this game then um speaking of taylor swift the kansas city chiefs what a segue that offered uh, are, are visiting the denver broncos uh this week um this game just happened i hate when that happens but whatever um the chiefs are only seven point favorites even though it's at mile high Akersure, whatever gha field i don't even know what denver's stadium is called at this point anymore Dude, the Broncos are like who who in their right mind would would like feel comfortable betting on the Broncos right now against the Chiefs of all teams. Yeah, um, it, this has been a tough game to cover this week because you can tell everybody's analysis is just like we don't <laughs> just listen to what we talked about two weeks ago because we don't care about this football game at all. Um, it would take uh, just absolutely catastrophic levels of performance from the chiefs to lose this football game. Like that's how bad the Broncos are. And you know, maybe there is something to the idea that de it's trade deadline next week and Denver is supposedly trying to sell off players. And so maybe they want to showcase some guys, maybe Sean Payton's upset about their performance a couple of weeks ago against the chiefs. I don't think that, even if Sean Payton cared about that, which I don't think he really does. Um, I don't think any of his players care about it. And I don't think he really gets the most out of that roster right now. Cause it seems like he is just looking towards next year and not really focused on this season. So I think it would take like a chiefs Colts last season kind of performance to lose this football game. But even in that particular instance, like the chiefs defense has been so good this season that they can play bad offensively in this game and look uninterested like they do at times. And the defense will still do enough for them to win this game. I just don't see it, any possibility or like outcome where the Broncos somehow pull off this huge upset ahead of the chiefs, massive matchup against the Miami dolphins next week. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally with you. Obviously the chiefs have won. What is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 games in a row. It's, and Patrick Denver. Mahomes has an opportunity to go 13 and 0 against the Broncos this week, which would be an NFL record for a single player starting his career uh, with that many wins and no losses against a single team. That's what's amazing about this is this predates Mahomes. The win streak began. Um, <laughs> it's like actually, Alex Smith. <laughs> right. As, it, soon, it, as, it, soon as, um, as soon as Peyton fell off a cliff. You're right. The first win of this streak was November 15th, 2015, which was um, the Peyton Brock. Although the Broncos did win the Super Bowl that year, to be fair. But um, are you aware of the last Kansas City loss in Denver, Stephen? Are you aware of when that was? 
Uh, I don't remember the date, but I believe Jamal Charles fumbled the ball and it was returned for a touchdown. Um, the Broncos scored that day, not defensively. Um, the Broncos won in Denver against the Chiefs uh, week two of the 2014 season. Um, okay. That was sports authority. It was Jamal Charles. It was a Jamal Charles fumble, like late in the game or something. Was it a one-score game? It was 24 to 17. The Broncos okay. touchdowns were uh, Julius Thomas touchdown pass from Peyton Manning, a Jacob Tammy touchdown pass from Peyton Manning, and a Demarius Thomas touchdown pass. The Chiefs had two touchdowns. They both belonged to the same player. Uh, it was not Jamal Charles. Can you guess who it was? I would be really impressed. I, I, I had forgotten that this name existed until I just looked at this. Jeremy Macklin. I don't even know. Niall Davis. Oh, yeah, that's weird. That's yeah, weird. I really have enjoyed the Chiefs Broncos rivalry, even though it hasn't been one. What was um, that's my last question on this? I'm taking the Chiefs, by the way. Um, was it 2013 when they were both undefeated and the Chiefs beat them? It was like like a nine and oh, ten and oh matchup or whatever it was on Sunday Night Football. I don't remember. That sounds well, sounds right. Um, now I have to know. I mean, buy me a hey, second. That was, that was a decade ago. Now <laughs> I, I've been I've been lost in Patrick Mahomes for a long time. Now I don't remember that. Um, I was close in 2013. They met November 17th, and the Broncos won to hand the Chiefs their first loss. The Broncos were eight and one, and the Chiefs were nine and zero. So they oh. both left that What's game that? nine and one. Was that Alex Smith's first season? That was, yeah, 2013. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, it's coming back to me now. He threw a touchdown to Dwayne Bowe. That was the first Chiefs touchdown of the game. He threw one to Anthony Fasano later in the game. So, look at that. Monte Ball scored twice for the Broncos in that game. So that, was, <laughs> that concludes uh, football deep dive history here on TGI Football. Uh, okay, the uh, the game that is our same game parlay, Stephen. The Baltimore Ravens visiting the Arizona Cardinals. We you have talked about all the offensive things we liked for the Ravens. Um, they're laying nine and a half points. I imagine that's not enough uh, to spook you, given what we said. No, uh, I, I think and maybe like I, I understand the logic of like maybe don't chase the points based off of their performance against the Lions last week. I think some of that game, uh, obviously, Lamar was just absolutely dialed in and just absolutely shredded them and did absolutely everything that he wanted to do all day against that. And I think some of it was the lions getting in their heads a little bit. Um, you know, there's still a, a young team. Jared Goff is still Jared Goff sometimes when he has to go on the road and it was just a rough performance by them, but the Ravens, uh, I think their defense is playing lights out right now. Lamar's playing really well and they're not getting as much hype as teams uh, atop the NFL, like the 49ers, like the Eagles, like the Chiefs. And I think they should be right in that conversation. So I, I don't expect a letdown this week from the Ravens. I think Lamar's just playing too well right now. I think their defense has been fantastic. And I just don't have any faith in the Cardinals. And the Cardinals have no running game. Like, they're, they might be trying to trade people. I know Josh Jobs has been okay, but they're just not a good football team. Yeah, I do think um, they're not good in the, like, fun vibe from the early part of the season has faded. You know what I mean? Now they're just boring and sad yeah. and whatever. And people are, like, more concerned that the Diamondbacks are in the World Series than that the Cardinals exist. They should be. So. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll take the Ravens, too. 
Um, good for us. I wasn't even keeping tabs of how many ice boxes we have, but I guess we don't have Brandon's picks. So we don't know. Um, this is a weird game, Stephen. The Cincinnati Bengals are visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, San Francisco has lost two games in a row for the first time ever. Um, they are four point favorites at home. Um, but it's unknown or unlikely, um, whether or not Brock Purdy is going to play. Um, it was reported on what Wednesday that he was dealing with a concussion or that he was in concussion protocol after the Monday night loss. Um, it's hard to know what to make of the Niners. Meanwhile, the Bengals are coming off of their bye and seem to have found their footing. So I think Purdy practiced in some capacity on Thursday, like was at least limited, yeah, but he was limited. It's, but I, I think with the, They've been a little bit more locked down on the concussion stuff this season after the Tua issues last year. And so I think this would probably have to be like the quickest concussion turnaround so far this season if Brock Purdy manages to be ready for this game. So I'm assuming Sam Darnold is going to be the quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, And I'm not really worried about the 49ers. Like I'm not worried about San Francisco. I feel like San Francisco does this every single year where – They go on these stretches where they stack up some injuries and I don't know if Trent Williams is going to be available in this game or not. I think he's the biggest loss. Like he's, I think the biggest guy on that roster, like that's the one guy you really can't have go down and he's banged up right now. But I feel like the 49ers go on this stretch every year where they lose games. They have no business losing and then they'll get healthier down the stretch they'll rattle off like seven wins in a row and everybody will be very confident in the 49ers going into the playoffs. So Sam Darnold, sure. Red flag. I understand that. And I I think this line should probably be a little bit closer, but I'm still not super confident in the Bengals. I know they've put some wins together and Burrow has looked a little bit better, but they still haven't been like a dominant offensive team. And I think what we're seeing with Cincinnati is that like, if you take away the deep ball, if you take away the big explosive plays, and I know T Higgins has been hurt for their offense, then they get pretty one dimensional and they can't really run the football. So I think this is still going to be a competitive game. And I kind of want to pick the 49ers to win, even with Sam Darnold. This has been a weird story all week. And I, some, and I get that some of it is like the attention associated with the Niners and coming off the loss and the second loss. And you're right. Like, I think everyone's like willingness to give them the benefit that they'll survive. Cause that's what they do. Um, I just would be stunned if he would play. This was the, I was looking this up. This was the initial report from Adam Schefter, like literally seconds after Kyle Shanahan said that Brock Purdy was in concussion protocol. Uh, So I'm just reading this word for word. Brock Purdy is now unlikely to play Sunday versus the Bengals based on this trend. No NFL player placed in the concussion protocol this season has played the same week. The last player to be in concussion protocol who played the same week was Kenny Pickett in 2022, who had a concussion in week six and was cleared to play in week seven. Again, that just felt like, they felt like really, you know, specific, you know what I mean? Like to come out like immediately and offer that, um, yeah. and in, almost intentional. Um, like I'm not getting into like Schefter conspiracy theories, but like, that's why like, I'm really doubting that Brock Purdy's going to play. And if he's not healthy, he shouldn't play. You know what I mean? Like he should take care of himself, but like I, the, the same Donald, like I think the Niners and Kyle Shanahan have passed enough Rorschachshire tests. Is that how you pronounce that? Right. Right. I think Rorschach. Right. I think it's Worcestershire. Isn't that that's like a sauce? Okay, so the test is Ro- say or litmus test. How about that? Um, <laughs> but, but whatever. Um, uh, they've passed enough tests to where we kind of know that the offense is like quarterback proof. But this is the first time that we're gonna potentially get a look at that after they found like the permanent answer. 
And I'm saying like, this is the first like, oh, Sam Darnold, like, and um, I don't know that anyone's going to feel like they made a mistake trading away Trey Lance. They shouldn't. But this is a this is a really interesting spot. I mean, it's, it's against a Bengals team that I, I'm willing to trust the Bengals a little bit more. Like they've dug out of their hole a little bit. Maybe you're just a hater. That I mean, that could easily be the case too. Uh, but I also Sam Darnold has these stretches where he like looks like a competent quarterback, but it's always early in the season when teams don't have film on him. And then once mm-hmm. teams have film on him, and they can be like, oh, he's. We, we see we see where his eyes go first read every time or whatever. And then he starts to unravel. So I just feel like Sam Darnold coming fresh off the bench. I feel like he's got an opportunity to look better than he is in, in his first game of the season. So that's part of why I'm buying into it. The Niners are on bye after this game. So if they lose and go in off of three straight losses, it will be a very long two weeks for Niners fans. Um, and then they come out just to go to Duval that we talked about, uh, what we talked about to visit the Jaguars. So I'm I'm a believer in the Bengals. Um, so somebody would be in the icebox here. We obviously don't know the great mysteries of life. Um, Sunday night football. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. Who do you think it is? Well, uh, I, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? Who, who would you Who would you guess BLG would pick and put one of us in the icebox on? Oh, I think he would take the Bengals, probably. Yeah. So again, you're in the icebox associated with Joe Burrow, like the burr. <laughs> um, so I made this argument to BLG or this point to BLG or somebody um, this week. Um, the Cowboys play at noon, first time this season. You know what that's like. You get it done. You know, dust your hands off. Awesome. Get to enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Sit back, relax, watch Sunday Night Football. My treat this week, Stephen, is the Bears visiting the Chargers. That's what I got. My first noon game of the year. Um, the Chargers are eight and a half point favorites, despite losing to the Chiefs in embarrassing fashion last week, and the Cowboys the week before that. The Chargers are a disaster. I do think that we're starting to see the national media let go of their willingness or their manifestation of them, just because it's not happening. Um, I don't know if that's growing faster than Brandon Staley's beard or not, but um, it's that that thing is impressive. Like I've never seen Brandon Staley rock that before, and he is he's prepared for the cooler months, although not exactly happening in Los Angeles. But um, Dude, I don't know. I'm kind of willing to take the, the points at the very least. Like, I'm, I'm, I might be there with it. It just says more about the Chargers to me. Like, I, I have no idea what to expect in this game. I think I am gonna take the points. I, I think the Chargers win, but eight and a half feels like a lot. And I think it's eight and a half because it's Tyson Badgett. Like, if Justin Fields was playing in this game, that that line would be smaller. Um, but like, they didn't ask. Badgett to do a lot last week. Um, you know, his average depth of target was really, really low. Like they were just keeping everything around the line of scrimmage and Deontay Foreman went off and, and had a monster game, but it, it has more to do with the fact that the chargers defense is really that bad. Like, like it, it's really been that bad this season. Their secondary is one of the worst secondaries in football. Um, I, I don't think that the bears are all of a sudden going to air it out or anything against the chargers, but that's how you beat them. Like that's how you pull off this big upset on Sunday night football with the backup quarterback is you take some shots down the field or get DJ Moore into space and, and have him pick up a lot of yards after contact. Like he has all season. Like I I was impressed that DJ Moore still had a bunch of targets last week, even though it didn't amount to that much because they were running the football so effectively. So 
I, I think the Bears are playing a lot better defensively as well and just overall is a team. So they're they're pluckier than I think they're probably getting credit for right now. And the Chargers defense has just been that bad. But at the end of the day, Justin Herbert just needs a big game. Like he he needs a huge performance after his letdown last week against the Chiefs where they, they absolutely blanked him in the second half of that game. And if you're supposed to be in this Mahomes tier of quarterbacks, like you can't allow that to happen. So I, I think Herbert's in a big bounce back spot. I, I think he'll get it going. I think they'll win, but I certainly don't want to take the eight and a half points. Um, I heard Dan Haynes say on the Around the NFL podcast at some point this week that this is the game, like th- this is the scariest possible thing that Brandon Staley could be facing. Like you're right that Justin Herbert needs a big game, but like man, Brandon Staley needs a win so bad. You know, like he really needs a win to like chill things out. Um, I is his is his the hottest seat in the NFL? I know it has to be, right? I, it should be. This is a team that has like contender expectations, and they don't look anything close to that. If would it? Would it be the funniest primetime loss of the season if the Chargers lost this game? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's this is a, the type of loss where, like, people get fired and seasons blown up, reset. Like, <laughs> I mean, the Chargers are currently two and four. If they lo- Are you aware that this is the first of two straight games that they will be playing on primetime? Uh, I did not realize that. Uh um, ne- yeah, next week they are back on Monday Night Football for the second time in a four-week stretch, and they are visiting the New York Jets. So if the Jets do win and get above 500, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, there's all these like the the energy and vibes around the Jets will be, you know, I mean, you know what they'll be like? They'll be four and three, whatever. And if the Chargers are two and five, like, I mean, I'm really kind of rooting for this at this point. It's just and all the problems the Jets have given quarterbacks this year. Oh my god, <laughs> it's like yeah. Um, and also like Brandon Staley, uh, like he keeps getting asked about the playoff loss and the Jaguars coming back and he's starting to get upset about it, which I, I do think it's unfair to keep asking him about that. Like how long as, uh, just, uh, media analysts, like how, how long are we going to continue to bring that up? But that's where it started. Like that's where it started to unravel and it's carried over to this season and, it, they just gotta they gotta reset. It's it's I'm, not gonna happen. I'm certainly not above um placing criticism at Brandon Staley's feet, but and you're right, they have the status of a contender. And Justin Herbert's played well, although not well enough, certainly. But like yeah. where's Joey Bosa? You know, you know what I mean? Like th- this is an he's, under- he's hurt and on a snap count <laughs> right now. But like that's that's part of the problem here. Like, you know what I mean? Like we can we can rightfully place criticism upon Brandon Staley, but like the players aren't living up to like yeah. Their, well, Austin like, Eckler hasn't been good either since returning from his ankle injury. So we're both taking the points. I think um, I'm really rooting for the bears to win this game. Like it would be so funny. <laughs> I really would like Twitter will be alive. Like if it's, I, I want to paint you a little picture, Steven. It's the, it's the fourth quarter. There are two minutes and 16 seconds left. The bears have just scored a touchdown to take a 26 to 20 lead. And the chargers have two timeouts and they're at the 25 yard line. Do they pull that off? No, I feel like Justin Herbert throws an interception. Oh, my gosh. Let's go. I really, really want this. Okay. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, visiting the Detroit Lions. It does appear that Jimmy Garoppolo it will be back. Um, the Lions are eight-point favorites. One sentence, Stephen. Jared Goff is going to have a big bounce-back game. Lions win. Jameer Gibbs will have at least three total touchdowns because the Lions finally realized that he is good at scoring them and the Lions will win in cover. Cool. 
Um, okay. Uh, what was the the Cabin in the Woods related at like adjacent movie that you recommended at the beginning of all this? Like I, I recommended something else besides Cabin in the Woods. You, or no, uh, what was Seven? Seven. The the, the I brought up Seven. Oh, you brought up, oh yeah. uh, the Killer. It's the, starring Michael Fassbender. Uh, it's a limited release Netflix movie, so it might be hard to find. But it's gotten really good reviews, and David Fincher's one of the greatest living directors. So, um, I have a question. What is the limited release Netflix movie? Is it on Netflix? Is it, is it not on no, Netflix? Well, so they do this now with Netflix movies where they'll put them in theaters before they actually hit Netflix. And so it's in limited theaters this weekend and next weekend. And then I think it comes out on Netflix, Netflix like the following weekend. Wow. So you lamented over the 30 minute drive. You could just wait two weeks and not have to drive at all. Yeah, but it's David Fincher. I want, I want to see it, so. <laughs> Okay. Well, cool. We hope you enjoy Steven. We hope everybody enjoys uh, week eight. This is the week for the same game parlay, Stephen. Make us a promise. If it hits, you'll do something weird. Go. Um, I will eat a burrito on the show. That sounds... Actually, I'll do it too. Burritos for everyone on the show <laughs> if, uh, if the same game parlay hits. Have a great All week, right. everybody. Go burritos.